Welcome back to the Pet Cash Pod presented by Profluence Sports. I'm your host, Andrew Pet Cash. As always, interviewing the founders, investors, athletes, and smartest people in sports. We had a great one today, episode number 98 with Mike Sutcliffe. He spent most of his career with Accenture, leaving and uh, retiring as the group CEO of their digital division. He has since then co-founded several companies, sits on the board, his partners at stuff, but a good base of them are in sports and also media. We talk about those today, including Head Vantage Corporation and uh, one of his main ones in Mobius. Very cool products. Uh, I think you'll you'll learn a lot just about what they're doing and where the space is going, but also media and sports in general, building cool things, how the jump has been for him, and advice for for others that are uh, looking to leave the corporate world or or even you know leave the university world or education world and jump into the entrepreneurship seat, but. Without further ado, Mike Sutcliffe. Mike, appreciate you coming on today. Been uh, looking forward to this one for a while, um, for a lot of different reasons. But uh, you're up in uh, in the cold Boston. I'm back in the Northeast. I was I was ditching the cold for a little, and you're you're headed towards it. So we flipped spots. But uh, th- thanks for coming on. Excited for this conversation. My pleasure. Glad to be here with you. So just to set the stage and we'll get into Airscreen and Mobius and some of the cool stuff you're building within the sports world. Uh, give us a little bit of your background, how you got to this point, what, what you've worked on and, uh, you know, any anything else you, you find important over, you know, condensing this, all these awesome <laughs> things into a, <laughs> into a small window. It uh, doesn't always do it justice, but but we'd appreciate sure. that. I'll, I'll try and keep it short. So thanks, Andrew. Um, so I spent my career at Accenture and the last six years there, I got to launch Accenture Digital. So we tried to look at how digital technologies would be applied to create better experiences. And sometimes that was for a fan. So, for example, we worked with the Golden State Warriors on the design of their new stadium and what kind of digital experiences they could create. And we worked with lots of other people from Formula One to, you know, lots of other clients around sports to think about how we could create more engaging experiences for their fans. Now, I retired uh, right as COVID hit. After 34 years, I decided to switch gears and uh, become a startup guy. So I actually became involved in launching several startups uh, one of them is called Headvantage Fan Experience, HFX. And what we did there is we took the time to actually create new hardware. And that hardware goes inside of the helmet or a hat of an athlete. And it allows us to see not just what is in their field of view, but what are they looking at in the field of view in real time. And so uh, we worked with NBC Comcast. They've got a big sports accelerator program. And we started to test it with the Golf Channel, with the U.S. Ski Team, with NFL, with NCAA, um, and with the cricket. Uh, So we just did the Caribbean Cricket League, and uh, some people saw some of our content broadcast through the Caribbean Cricket League. But what we wanted to know is could we really understand exactly what the athlete is looking at in real time and then broadcast it in real time? And, of course, we mixed that with, with audio, video, and a bunch of sensor information, shock, rotation, GPS, acceleration, all of those things. And that allows us to really understand how the athlete is performing and then what impact they have when they're being hit. That actually led us into some concussion protocol work. Uh, So we're actually applying for a grant right now at the NFL to do some concussion protocol analysis using uh, the solutions that we've built. But the cool thing is we're in the middle of invention in HeadVantage fan experience and we're having you know, a great time working with the different sports teams to think about how we can improve both 
player performance and player safety. Um, the company that I'm actually the CEO of on a day-to-day basis is a company called Mobius. And we've got a new product called AirScreen that we created specifically for some sports fans who work in our company because they're always working on a laptop or a desktop and they're coding or they're developing marketing campaigns or they're, whatever they're working on, but they want to be watching sports. And so one of our technologies allows us to create a perception of depth in your monitor. And we thought, well, what if we just allowed you to put what you're watching in the background and have a semi-transparent full screen viewing experience while you're working? So we created this product called AirScreen. And um, we thought, well, let's test it. So we put it out in front of the Cricket World Cup. We had about 7,000 people download it and watch some of the Cricket uh, World Cup on it and got really good responses. So we're going to bring that uh, into the market. If anybody wants to try it, you can just go to airscreentv.com. Right now it's in beta test, so it's free. You can download it and give it a try. The nice thing is when we designed it, we figured out you didn't have to just use it for sports. You could use it for anything that you wanted to watch, any kind of streaming content. And then the last thing I would tell you, Andrew, is we're working on trying to find kind of this bridge between uh, Internet 2.0, where everything is in two dimensions, and Internet 3.0, where we're trying to get more immersive experiences. And so we've created uh, some brand new technology that we're about to bring to market, which allows you to look into 3D content and interact with it without having any wearables, no gut gloves, no glasses, no, you know, any wearables of any kind. And that means you could pick up a ball in the metaverse and throw it to somebody and they could catch it. And so we're working in a wide range of different areas and it's been a blast. That's awesome. Yeah. And Mike, I appreciate you uh, keeping it brief and there's a million different directions we could probably go <laughs> here right now. But uh, just want to take one step back before diving a little bit deeper into Mobius and some of that stuff. A lot of people uh, right now, and, and I get messages all the time or emails, and uh, they're, they've done great stuff in the corporate world, similar similar to, to you at Accenture. And now they're going, okay, I want to get into the startup world and I want to do it in sports. You know, any any lessons or, or things that, that you've picked up on throughout this transition that, that uh, could be helpful to, to other people entering the space or, or maybe they already have and, and they can, uh, you know, learn from learn from your mistakes instead of experience themselves? Well, I guess the the first thing is that all of us that do things in sports are sports fans. So we're passionate about trying to create something better for the community. Uh, But you do have to learn how this community works. What are the economics? How do you work with everything from the athletes to the agents, to the teams, to the leagues, to the the people that are broadcasting the sports and and bringing the experiences out to the fans? So it's a a really sophisticated process. A set of interactions that you have to work through and contracts and economics. And so, you know, it may not be as easy as it looks from outside the industry. And there's lots to learn about how to connect with people and create win-win kind of environments. And in terms of working on digital at Accenture versus now, I'm going to say basically working in digital again, but within a, a startup environment, any similarities or differences or or what would change a pace or, or what, what are those comparisons look like? Well, what I would say is that Accenture, you know, most of our job was to integrate digital technologies that other people had invented and try and stitch them together in new ways. And we, we had a group that's called Accenture Song now that the only thing they do is design experiences. So their focus is coming from the end state. What am I trying to create as an experience? And then they'll just take whatever technology exists and make it work. What we're doing now is kind of the opposite angle. 
which is we're saying there are a bunch of experiences we wish we could create, but we can't because the technology doesn't exist. So now we have to go and build technology that doesn't exist and bring it to market. And that's just a completely different path, a different set of skills and a different timeline and different investment requirements. So it's, it's almost like playing the opposite game from what I played at Accenture. Yeah, no, that make that makes a lot of sense, um, and, and that seems to be the the common feedback between uh, people uh, that that jump from worlds. Now, in in terms of Mobius, I want to go a little bit deeper on that. Are these both of your brainchilds and thoughts, or these other people? You know, how how did you sort of get involved in these from the standpoint of jumping into this world? Well, well, none of them were my idea. Actually, um, I'm very lucky to have brilliant co-founders in both companies. So, Jay Headley is the CEO and, and my co-founder at Headvantage Fan Experience. He was a um, you know college athlete and then a fighter pilot and then came into the business world. And he had this passion around finding a way to show people exactly what an athlete is seen in real time. So he and I worked on it for several years, um, brainstorming and coming up with ideas, and then we decided that you know it was time to actually try. Um, with Mobius, I have another brilliant co-founder. His name is Richie Edwaru. And uh, Richie uh, also is a sports fan. Uh, he actually grew up in Ghana. He actually is a cricket fan, which is why we worked with the Caribbean Cricket League. Um, but you know, both of these guys had an idea and a passion, and uh, they were things where I could help. So I joined as a co-founder and, and working with both of them. And uh, what I would tell you is just like sports, you know, business is a team sport. And so, you know, we try and play it that way. So I, I seldom find that an individual is the answer. But if you can get a group of individuals with passion together and have them go after an objective, whether it's in a team sport like basketball or you know, any of the things that we're working on right now, or it's business, that's a, it's a common denominator. Yeah, there's a, uh, if, if just being in, in at Art Basel in Miami this past week, you, a lot of the people they're building, not just in sports and, and all these different industries, you know, a lot of the common denominators are they uh, were high level athletes or something. It's, it's pretty interesting when you start to see the parallels yeah. uh, between between both of them. Now, in, in terms of yourself, are you sort of at the uh, the max of these two companies? Do you have other ideas? Are there other interesting things you get involved in? Or, well, I am, uh, I'm know, working with one. There is one third company I've co-founded, which is about um, our elders and cherishing our elders. So we called it Cherish Healthcare. And what we're trying to do is allow um, our aging relatives who want to live independently, uh, not going to nursing homes, to be able to live in their own homes more safely. And so we've created a, a brand new set of solutions to help the elderly as they age and as it turns out, those solutions happen to be useful for non-elderly as well. And so you'll start to see some products from Cherish Healthcare come out that are designed for your home and to allow you to live uh, more safely in your home environment. So those are the three things that I'm working on on kind of a regular basis. Yeah, so sort of intersection of sports and fitness, wellness. Exactly. Uh, yep. Very cool. And, th and those worlds are, are combining. Are you able to take learnings from... They're, they're really three different companies, right? Three different ideas, maybe possibly say three different industries in a way. Are you able to learn stuff between the three of them that you're able to apply that it's like, oh, this is interesting here. Let's see how we can replicate that in this one. Absolutely. In fact, the, the Saturday I was in London and I was actually coaching one of the Accenture has an entrepreneur in residence named Aaron Spellman. And uh, 
Aaron was actually working on a combination of wearables. So the rings, the watches and other wearables that can be used for both sports and wellness. And so it was funny because as he and I were talking on Saturday, uh, we were talking about the fact that there were so many learnings from the different companies and looking at the problems from different angles and seeing what you can do to actually create new value, right? So, you know, I often say there are not a lot of brand new ideas, but there are a lot of great ideas when you just connect dots between things that already exist. Yeah, no one, some people think they're reinventing the the wheel, but you're really not. You're just adding a sort of different uh, element to it, which is exactly. which is what it's all about. And in, in terms of immersive tech, because you spent a lot of time on that, where do you see the space yeah. going? Like, it's, it's an interesting question because I, I think, you know, our minds are designed to see and to experience life in 3D, but we're all using devices that are 2D, right? And so like mm. the best we can get is what we can get from our phone or our tablet or computer or our TV screen or whatever monitor we're attached to. And so I, I do think there's a kind of a thirst for your brain to be able to have more natural experiences. And so if we can find a bridge from 2D to 3D, that doesn't require you to strap something on your head and remove yourself from the environment around you, but just to be much more natural, then I think people are going to want those. And whether those are kind of the next several generations of the glasses and the goggles and things that come out, or whether it's like what we're building is something that works on the devices you've already got. Um, if we can just make it more immersive and give you the perception of depth in the screens you're looking at, then it feels more natural. And so I do think uh, what we're trying is a combination of two things. It's I want to know what your viewing intention is. So what are you trying to look at and how do I allow you to look into that space? But then also what's your interactive intention? Do you want to grab a ball? Do you want to move a lever? Do you want to mark something? And if I can allow you to do those things without needing other hardware and make it work on all the hardware that exists, then I think that's a step forward, right? Now, I don't think it's the last step forward. I just think it's a step in the continuum. What we'll see is people will continue to just dream up different combinations that give us even more and more and more immersion over time. And when we can start to blend the physical and the digital in a way that's really helpful, right, then then things things become much better. And, and I'll take a really simple example. Um, if you use Google Maps, right, the first version of Google Maps was just here's the map, right? And then the next version said, well, here's where you are, here's where you want to go, and here's a line between them. And the next version said, well, here's the line with traffic, right? And now the latest version is here's a 3D immersive flight as if you're in a little drone and you're moving between them and you can see everything you're going to see along the way. Well, they're just becoming more and more and more immersive in something which is really simple, which is I want to look at a map and figure out what's the best way to get from point A to point B, well, now I know all the different ways from point A to point B. I know where the traffic is. I know where the major, you know, sites are that I might want to visit along the way. I, you know, it's just a more interesting experience. And I think that's where we're going to go. We're going to try and take all of our existing experiences and just make them more interesting. Um, a few things on that. The first is people always say Google Maps has to be the greatest free product ever, uh, <laughs> ever invented. I agree. But, but like, yeah, I mean, think like... I think a lot of people would pay a lot. I would definitely pay a lot of money for that. But also, and, and we don't need Google getting any ideas. Uh, we're good with, <laughs> with where it's at. But it, it's really an it's an advertising play, I believe, or data or yeah. something. Where, where, yeah, of course, it's not just free. You're, you're giving up some. But uh, it's interesting to see and, and hear you talk about this digital landscape 
trying to go from really this 2D to 3D, but we need that, that middle because the same thing, even on when you talk about blockchain or whatever, where it was, okay, here's, here's the read, write, own, right? Or in social media, yep. where now we have control, but everyone, we, we tried to go right to this Web3, but now it's pulling back and it's actually going, wait a second here. We need to build something in between to get us there if we want to go there. Um, and, and it seems to be very similar uh, in, in this space as well. And I'm just curious, as we progress, where does it go next? Is it the AR and VR or what is that, that where you're going to take your technology like an air screen and push it to like what, what's next, what's on the horizon, at least in, in your eyes? Well, I think there's an important uh, split in the road, right? So there's, there's a version of the technology that goes to what I'll call entertainment, where I don't really need authenticity. I'm fine with, you know, legless avatars and things like that because they're, they're entertaining. And then I think there's a split in the road where I, it's something serious, where I actually want an authentic experience. And I want to know that the people that I'm interacting with are who I think they are, right? Not a deep fake, not a cartoon, not an avatar, but somebody who's authentic and human. And so when, when I look at, at where we go with the technology, I try and think about which, you know, both roads will be moving at once, right? There'll be some people that are moving down the entertainment road with the, you know, the, the, avatars or other kind of, you know, imagined kind of human experiences. And then there are going to be people that are working on the authentic human experiences. And, and I think we'll see both and people will use both for different purposes where I think we see problems is when people get confused between the two, right? Where they think that putting an avatar on the screen gives me the same feeling as talking to a human being. And it clearly doesn't, right? There's, there's a big difference between those. So I, I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying that they're different. And so where I think we're going to go in the next couple of years is people experimenting on both sides and trying to find the boundaries of when is it appropriate you know, to have non-human kind of representation of humans and when is it appropriate to actually have the humans in the content. And those are those are two completely different sets of experiences. I find it fascinating, even in the sense of this whole digital world is great, and we get you know we can do this across the world if we want. It's pretty cool, and we take a lot of this tech for granted. But still, nothing beats the in person, in my opinion. Yeah. Right? Like even just there's people I've known for two years, and then I met them for the first time this last week, and it's like it just takes it to a whole nother level. Yep. I guess as you see this all developing, how do we even merge that gap and make it feel like what, what does some of that tech look like or, or the common word in sports is fan engagement of, okay, how do we merge that going to the game with watching it? Uh, you know, do you have any thoughts around that and, and, and how that space is going to play out? Well, yeah. So for example, with head vantage fan experiences, one of the things that we've been experimenting with is how do we understand how the athlete thinks about the day, right? From the time they get up in the morning to getting to the stadium, going through practice, going to the game, you know, going through the debrief and, and then going through the rest of the day, you know, the right now, most of the fans are seeing everything that's happened inside the broadcast window, which is a few minutes before the game, the game and a few minutes after the game. But there's a lot that goes on other than what's in that broadcast window. And so right now you've got a disjointed experience, which is sometimes those people have, you know, other sources where data is coming out about them, either from their friends and family or their agents, or they're personally posting on a social media site or something like that. But often not, right? Often there's no, no ability to understand kind of 
what the rest of that experience is like. And, and we think there will be technology that comes out that starts to give us more of a blend between what's happening before the broadcast and after the broadcast window with what's happening inside the broadcast window. And I think fans will be interested in that. They'll be genuinely interested in understanding, you know, how did they prepare and what was the practice like and how were they feeling during the practice and how did that impact how they did in the game and things like that. So that's one of the things that I think people will be working on over the next couple of years. In terms of, and basing off of that, I, uh, I'm curious to see where the space goes, because if you look at linear media and there's these huge contracts and all this, but what's missing, and and I'm sure you're this way now too, but once you kind of open your mind to, well, where are the opportunities or where are the problems or what don't I like about that and how it could be improved, you start seeing it everywhere. And one of the ones is, I would love to hear what they're saying in the huddle, what, when they're talking trash, like you want to hear all that. And that's to me, what's missing because you're getting some, you're getting the same T-Mobile, Progressive, all these commercials over and over and over again. Yeah, um, so what, we, what we're imagining with Head Vantage Fan Experience is that each of the players' helmets is essentially got the ability to capture their audio, their video, and their, their own performance statistics. And so you can see the game from their eyes, okay, from each individual who has on the helmet or the hat that's got the Head Vantage Experience. Now, today, when we broadcast a game, Right, we only have so many channels to broadcast. So, really, what happens is somebody's producing that content for us, and they're deciding what do the most number of people want to see right now. They want to see, you know, this athlete's or this camera's perspective of the game. But, but what I see, because we the digital technology allows it, is you can simulcast all of those at the same time, and you could let you know different fans view the the game from different perspectives at the same time. There's no reason we couldn't do that today. Uh, and so if you've got a particular, maybe you you really want to see how the offensive line is performing, right? And and so you want to see the game from the eyes of both the offensive and de- defensive line at the same time. You're less worried about watching the game from the, the sides, right? And mm-hmm. so you might say, well, on this particular drive, that's how I want to watch the drive. And the next drive, you might say, no, now I want to look at something different. Today, our technology doesn't allow that, and our broadcast distribution mechanisms don't allow that. But there's no reason you can't, right? We could simultaneously process and and publish all of that out to independent channels that people could subscribe to while they're watching the main produced version of the game. What I find interesting, Mike, is just watching football last night you talk about the sideline view, you actually never, it's really a bad experience. If you think about it, a quarterback throws a ball and you have no clue. Like you see almost a delayed, you don't really see who's open. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I just was noticing that yesterday for the first time, like, wait, this is actually a terrible experience watching it on TV because there's just like a throw to, you don't even know where, um, right. because that's all, the, well, that's all they show. And, and so if we, you think about, um, Let's take something really simple that people connect to. Let's just say that I took a Formula One race, okay, or a NASCAR. Both of those sports have already mapped every one of their race courses using LIDAR. <clears throat> so they know literally down to the pebble, what you know, the race course elevation changes, all of that. And then all of the cars <clears throat> already have sensors in the cars. They have cameras, they have GPS, all of that, acceleration, everything. So there's about 30 sensors in each of those cars. 
Now, if I took all the data streams that come off of that car and I put it into a gaming engine, like let's just pick Unity or something like that, and, mm-hmm. and Unity already has the race courses mapped, right? So they've already got those. I could create a real-time broadcast of the race where what I'm showing you in, in the game is exactly what's happening in real life. Now, since the cars already have digital twins of the cars, then I can put the digital twins of the cars in the game so I can, I can make it photorealistically look exactly like the race. And then the question is, where do you watch that from? So now I have a game that has the exact replication of the race. I could float the camera in the game to anywhere you wanted to watch the race from, including I could give you kind of that God view where you can look down on the racetrack and see every car at one time, like you're in the helicopter, right? Or I could let you go stand actually on the race course and have the cars blowing by you, right? So if you've if you've ever watched the race in Monaco where they've got the Picayune that comes out of the, mm-hmm. you know, that as you're coming down the hill right by where all the yachts are sitting, you could stand in the middle of the Picayune and just watch the cars fly around you. Well, today I can't give you that experience. There's no way to give you that experience, right? But I could literally recreate the race in a photorealistic game and put you in the middle of the Picayune and let you watch the race from there. And then if you got tired of watching it from there, you could go, you know what, I'm going to jump inside car number 23, and I'm going to pretend I'm the driver, and I'm going to watch the race from the driver's perspective. So that's where sports is going, right? We're going to be able to Mm -hmm. broadcast experiences where every fan can decide how they want to see the the, the actual, you know, the action. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. And then you tie that to all the documentaries and everything. And yeah, so we got a fun, a fun decade ahead of us. Now, Mike, we've covered a bunch. We honestly, a lot of the trends as well. But always opening up this question, anything else in sports, tech, media that, that you're keeping a close eye on? I, like I said, we've, we've touched on a lot of different things, but uh, elsewhere where we go, OK, this is interesting. I'm keeping a close eye. Maybe there's something to be built here. Maybe there's something to be integrated um, from your lens. No, I mean, I think really the combination of knowing where the athlete is looking while they're actually in the middle of, you know, performing to understand what were they seeing, what were they not seeing, you know, so we can understand more about why they're making the decisions they're making. I think that's a big one. I think being able to recreate the action and let fans view it from any angle is a big one. And I think being able to move from outside the broadcast window to a broader understanding of how are the players practicing and preparing and getting ready to perform is another one. So I think there's those are the three things that I'm, I'm paying the most attention to. And where can we uh, learn more about about your companies? I know we we touched on one a little bit earlier, but uh, websites and and any of your stuff as well. That'd be sure. Great. Well, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm just Mike at Mobius. It's M O B E U S. So Mobius dot com. You could also go to www.mobius.com. That tells you a little bit about the company. And if you're interested in trying the product, you can just go to airscreentv.com and download it. It's in beta, so you can try it for free. And you can watch sports while you work on your computer or your laptop and continue to work on the rest of your day. So uh, I hope you'll enjoy all three. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, definitely definitely getting the air screen uh, rolling here shortly. Um, Fantastic. I, 
especially with March Madness uh, on the horizon in a couple of months, I feel like that's the the perfect time where you'll see a lot of a lot of people going, okay. I mean, I was doing it anyway, just phone under the desk, uh, keep it. Well, exactly. I, you know, you're watching golf, you're watching, you know, rugby, you're watching cricket, tennis, basketball. Yeah, you know, there are lots of lots of things that that I want to watch while I have to keep working, right? And so it's a good full screen experience. I, I I'll be interested to get your feedback. Yeah. No, I look forward to it.